I know we've both done work in the Philippines and you extensively did training within the Philippines Department of Education all the way down to the school level. How do you think that has changed the way that not just services are given, but even just kind of the micro relationships that are happening at the school-based level between teachers and staff and children? And why is it so important to, to have that type of training be offered? If I look at the big picture of the Philippines, and, and I, I want to acknowledge, Lisa, that you opened the door to the Philippines in the early 2000s so that both Megan and I were able to go and be witness to the conditions there and the work that you were doing really opened the door for all of us to to be a part in, in different arenas. Mm-hmm. So my arena was education. But the Philippines it is the major emerging democracy in Southeast Asia, and I cannot emphasize how important that is where people have the opportunity to have an education and to be free to pursue their own lives and have opportunities that are not available in other countries mm-hmm. in Southeast Asia. So in the schools, I think I think what's happened is that we entered in, and because of your relationships there, we were asked uh, together, you and mm-hmm. You and I and, and many others were asked to help them to develop a training program about post-typhoon mm-hmm. trauma. And they began to make the association from post-disaster trauma to the experiences every day that their children had in schools. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, that trip that we took. It was right after Typhoon Haiyan, this huge typhoon. And, you know, one of the things that I'll never forget is we went to, you know, we flew out to the site where major damage had happened. And we were at a UNICEF preschool and there were children, they were playing just like any other children. I mean, you know, they could have just been like a preschool in a tent. They were drawing pictures, et cetera. And it started to rain while we were there. And, you know, that kind of tap, 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 tap on the tent, all of the sudden, not just this, the, not just the kids, but even their teachers who had also survived the typhoon, they all kind of just froze and, you know, froze in place. And, that's where I really saw like this very important piece around psychological first aid. And I know that this is one of the evidence-based practices, Marlene, that you've developed. And maybe you know, Megan could talk to the importance, of, first of all, what psychological first aid is and, and the importance of it in the field as, as a response to what, what you're seeing, crisis and trauma. Also, uh, I, I just want to make a comment about that. When, when you were there and you were you saw the reaction of yeah. the children and many of them cried yeah because they thought yeah. another typhoon was, was going to hit right? yeah and where our lives will be in danger again so yeah. there's that trauma piece it has to be a real life experience right. in w- which is life threatening and that was a traumatic reminder for them it was the sound yes. and the feel of the rain and am I going to lose my parent am I going to lose another member of my family my little sister or brother but um Yes, and psychological first aid is important, and this was established in 1954, the idea that early intervention really assisted people in recovering from from the uh, distressing effects. They, they weren't calling it PTSD at yeah, that that's time, because right. that didn't happen until after the Vietnam War. But in 1954, that they it was an observation that people who were provided initial immediate assistance and support after a, a mass a, a, a mass violent event or disaster appeared to recover more quickly mm-hmm. than others who did not. And and what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, Maybe I was gonna say, say. And we see that in a lot of different ways, both um, with the res- the children's responses to maybe traumas in the home or the actual trauma of them being removed from their home. You know, 
went to visit a child in foster care to see how she was doing. And when I came to the door, she wasn't, I did not remove her from her family. I was another social worker. But when I came to the door, she knew a social worker was coming and immediately shut down, immediately didn't want to talk or have any interaction with me because it brought back the trauma of maybe the situation that led to her removal and also the removal of her from her parents. So she was very quiet, very contained, um, didn't want to really interact or even look at me. And so it's very important that we get the emergent mental health and services into the home so she can start to heal from that kind of trauma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man, I think that's a, a very important observation because often people say would say, well, she's just fine, you know, she's a little shy, you know, but yeah. and she's not talking. But that withdrawal is also a sign of trauma. 